You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. Well, I want to turn your attention this evening to the Word of the Lord. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 16. And we're going to go to verse 6 and read down to verse 12. I do feel like I have a word uh, for the church tonight. As I was praying and seeking God for this service, I felt like God laid something into my heart. And I believe that there is provision in this place tonight. I truly believe that there is provision in this place. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because He has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against Him, what? are we your grumbling is not against us but it's against the Lord then Moses said to Aaron say to all the whole congregation of the people of Israel come near before the Lord for he has heard your grumbling and as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel they looked toward the wilderness and behold the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud And verse 11 says, And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. Amen. I've come with an interesting subject tonight, but I believe God is going to hear the word tonight. I have heard the grumbling. I have heard the grumbling. Can we pray together one more time and ask the Lord to have His way in this service? Hallelujah. We thank You, Jesus, for Your presence. We thank You, God, for what we feel. I pray, God, that the authority of the Word and the power that is in the name Jesus, Lord, would take root in this house tonight, God. I pray, put the enemy in his place. And I pray, Lord, that there be liberty and let there be freedom in this house, God, to worship you and for your Word to go forth with anointing, God. I pray, let it be your words, Lord, through my mouth tonight, God. In the name of Jesus, and we thank you, God, for what you will do. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Have you ever wondered what the top thing Top 10 things that people have complained about recently. Number one, if you don't know, I'm going to tell you. Bad customer service. Uh Uh-oh. Number two, telemarketers and robocalls. Number three, people who cut in line. Oof. Number four, feeling cold. Number five, packages or letters that don't show up on time. I think we heard a story about that a couple months ago. Uh Uh-oh. Number six, oh, traffic. Come on, somebody. Number seven, trouble connecting to Wi-Fi. Oh, I feel a witness on that one. Number eight, litter and people who litter. Number nine, the weather. And number ten, feeling too hot. Of course, not here, obviously. 
I do confess, and I'm glad my wife's downstairs tonight, and I may do a bit of complaining myself, of course in a good spirit, but there is something with timing and patience that doesn't like to be involved when it comes to our situations. And if we could snap our fingers and the problem be taken care of, that would make it so much easier. And it would be so much better on my emotions. If I could just have everything at my fingertips, that would be so much more convenient than having to wait or sit around in the process. We are told to pray continually. And through everything we are to pray. And we're told that this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. We are told to look to the Lord in His strength and seek His face always. There is something powerful about your will when it becomes God's will. We must always stay devoted to hear His voice and to read the Word to find that will. I can tell you that Jesus has a plan for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope for a future. And I have an understanding that it pleases God when people are saved and they come to a knowledge of truth. We give thanks in all circumstances for this. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, there's no lack to find God's will in your life in the Word of God. The Bible is filled with Scripture to help us pursue His will. Not my will, but yours be done. In our opening text, Moses and Aaron, they set out from Elam. And all the congregation of the people came into the wilderness. And these group of people, were they were grumbling or maybe complaining. And they said, if we had only died by the, the Lord's hand in Egypt, least there we sat around pots to eat meat and ate all the food that we wanted. But you have brought us in here to the desert to, to starve. You're doing this on purpose. You want us to die here. It was in this moment of the complaining that the Lord spoke to Moses. And he said, Behold, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go and gather a day's portion every day. In other words, they won't run out. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are supposed to prepare what they bring in and what's going to be twice as much that they gathered on every other day. Moses and Aaron, they pass this message along to the people. They declare, in the evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning you will see the glory of the Lord. Because why? Because He has heard your grumbling and your complaining. Moses also adds, you will know that it was the Lord when He gives you meat to eat in the evening. Is this not something that they had prayed about or asked God for? And all the bread you want in the morning, you're not grumbling against us, but it's against the Lord. I think these leaders show us something here that we need to understand where to complain to. Let me abbreviate. Hold it, guys. Don't take it up with us. Take it to someone who can fix your situation. Take it to someone who has the power to deliver you. Take it to the person who can actually perform the miracle in your circumstance. We ought to, go, ought to go to nobody about God unless, of course, we've got people in our corner praying alongside of us. 
The Bible tells us to take it to God in prayer. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Manna or bread was nutritious and the staple food of the Hebrews in the desert. It probably was miraculously enough to meet their essential dietary needs. Along with manna, they had milk and other dairy products from their herds. God did more than just bless them with their nutrition. The Israelites seemed to distort the facts. Rather than trusting God in the face of adversity, they imagined that Moses was the true source of the problem. We see how easily the people were quick to blame somebody else than just normal community problems. So why did God repeatedly test the Israelites? Or maybe the real question is, why did the Israelites repeatedly test God? God has already demonstrated that He would take care of them in any difficult situation. We look at the examples of the original Passover, the crossing of the Red Sea, destroying the Egyptian army, providing fresh water in the desert. You would think after all that, it would become easier for the people to trust God. And now in this time for food. And since they didn't, God continued to teach them to trust Him by testing Him. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked towards the desert. And they, there they seen the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. Exodus chapter 16, verse 11 to 15. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them at twilight, you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay on the ground. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. And when the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. There would be a limitation on how much food they would gather. And that was designed to test their faith in God to provide for them day by day. You see, God was fulfilling what He had said, which shows when God speaks, He will confirm His word. I said, if the Lord gave you a promise, He will fulfill His promise. If God said He was going to perform a miracle in your life, a family member's life, He is going to do just that. You can be assured tonight, when you pray with faith believing, you can be assured that God, He's going to step in. And what He has spoken, it will come to pass. The Israelites would do what they were told and they started collecting the bread little by little. And the Bible says everyone had gathered just as much as needed. And Moses, he lets them know that I don't want anyone saving bread. Some of them, they, they went against what Moses had said and the bread spoiled. It was covered with maggots and began to smell. That's, that's my kind of bread. But Moses, he was not impressed with this. You can read verse after verse. They would have enough bread each day. God, He continued to provide. But in this particular time in verse 23, they are commanded to save whatever is left until morning. This would be a day of rest. And they are to bake and boil what they need, but 
keep it aside until it comes, until morning. And they did as Moses, Moses said, and this time there was no smell or maggots on the goods. And now they can eat. How many love to eat tonight? On the Sabbath day they would gather and, and they would find nothing. And then again the Lord, He spoke to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? The Lord has given me the Sabbath. So on the sixth day, He would, he would give them uh, two days of provision. And there would be one final command. Let an omer of it, or a measure of it, be kept throughout your generations. And then He reminds them, with which I left in the wilderness, when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses, He said to Aaron, Take a jar, put a measure of manna in it, and place it to the Lord to keep throughout generations. And just as the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron would accept, and he, was do, he would do as he's told. This is why they were such a great team, I guess. We read in the Bible that the people would eat manna for 40 years, and it was plentiful. They ate until they came to the border of the land of Canaan. Here's what I want you to notice. There seems to be provision for this group of people who yet still had many concerns, who had a hard time trusting God in their circumstance, yet God would still show up on their behalf and provide. They had a hard time being faithful and listening to their leaders, yet, I want somebody to say yet, yet God still helped them. I feel like there are people here who are going through some stuff, and there's been many leaders and ministers that step behind this pulpit to help you what you've been dealing with. And all along, God is saying, look around. Look at you, what you have now. Look at the blessings that I have already done in your life. I've been providing for you through every step of your way. If you're a member of this great church, you're blessed. If you're a part of the family of God, you're blessed. And here's a big one for you tonight. If you know who Jesus is, you're blessed. Don't be mistaken with the mess that you find yourself in to neglect the realization of the provision of God in your life. His hand is upon you. I'm talking to a group of people who are no longer satisfied with coming to church, but you're wanting a touch from the Lord. Coming to church, hearing a few songs, a little bit of preaching, maybe screeching, and coming to the altar to hear a few uh, to be in the altar for a few moments and go home? No, no. I'm talking about people, a group of people, who are ready to see manna fall from heaven. We're ready for the outpouring that was prophesied in Acts 2.17. And it shall come to pass, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams, and dream dreams. It's time to let the visions come to pass. It's time to let the dreams come alive. God has given people here visions. He's given people here dreams that you've been waiting to see unfold. I want to encourage somebody tonight. Keep praying about it. Keep seeking the Lord for it. It would seem to be that we are in the last days and God will fulfill His promise. I'm expecting a greater demonstration of the power of God. 
You can see there has been a shift in our services. People are hungry in our song services. There has been such an anticipation for more than just the ordinary. But when we come with expectation and release the Spirit of God in this place, He will show up and He will show out. Don't be afraid to grumble in the presence of God. I ask you a question tonight. Are you hungry for more? Are you hungry for more greater demonstration? Are you ready for more miracles, signs, and wonders? Are you ready for backsliders to return to the house of God? Are you ready for there to be a restoration of lost souls, sons, and daughters? I'm talking to a church that is no longer satisfied, but we have a hope tonight. We have a trust and we have a faith in God that He will see us through. He wants to hear your heart's desire. He wants to see the void in your life. The questions you have be brought into light. When we get a realization of Jesus and His provision in our lives, something arises in your spirit and says, I've got to have more. But we don't need more stuff. We just need more of Jesus. You can have this whole world, but just give me Jesus. Hallelujah. More of His glory in this place. Oh God, help me not to be in a place of contentment. Don't allow me to get comfortable being in Your presence. I want to stay active in my praise and my worship. I want to honor you, God, with my hands and my voice, a praise on my lips, a joy in my dance. If you have a concern in your life, it's now a concern for God. And I want to tell you, don't be afraid to pray big prayers. And But God, He is going to be on the line. If you put God on the line, He might just show up. And that's what He does. He performs the impossible. He performs the impossible. I'm seeking the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall from heaven. It's what will be turning our city upside down. The presence of God is what makes the difference. Because you have grumbled to God of your concerns. I have a word for somebody right now. He's going to answer your prayer. And through it, you will know that it was Him. And you will see the glory of the Lord. Come on, God is taking somebody out of the wilderness. He's going to prepare into a place for you, and it's going to be in a cloud. God is going to give you bread to eat. His Word, it will never run out. His Word, it will never get old. His Word is true. He is the bread of life, and anything you need tonight, you can find in Him. His source of power, it will never be diminished. Malachi 3 and 6 tells us clearly, For I am the Lord, and I change not. Meaning, if you need something from God, you can still get it today. He's still your healer. He's still your counselor. He's still your everlasting Father. He can still be your Prince of Peace. I'm told that if you're, if you're unexpecting, or sorry, I'm told if you say that something unexpected is manna from heaven, you mean that it is good and happened just at the right of time that it was needed. I feel like God is going to send His people something that you need it just in the right amount of time. God is here. He has been here. He's waiting for you 
to reach out to him with just the little bit of faith that you still have left. He's willing and he's ready, but are you? Have we become blind to the presence of God, his direction? He's waiting tonight. He's waiting. And I want to tell you tonight, it's falling even now. I believe that provision is falling in this place. Jesus, he just finished feeding the 5,000. And the crowds noticed that Jesus was not around. They would go and search for him in Capernaum and they found him. They asked Jesus when, he got, when they got there that, you know, I've been looking for you. Where have you been? And Jesus tells them that you are not looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and you had your full. Jesus told them, do not work for food that spoils, but food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. The crowd, they asked him a question. What must we do to do the works God requires? And Jesus answered them, the work of God is this. To believe in the one who has sent me. The crowd replies back, well, what is a sign that you will give? What, what will we see and believe you? What will we do when we see it? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it, is, as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. I want to show you what Jesus responds, picking up in that passage in John 6, 32 and 40. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to Him, Sir, give us the bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to Me shall never hunger, and whoever believes in Me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen Me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives Me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of Him who sent me. And this is the will of Him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. In verse 40, For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him, they should have eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. These verses make it very clear that Jesus is the initiator of our salvation. Jesus sacrificed himself because of God's love for the whole world. God is the sovereign author of salvation. However, we are still responsible for accepting or rejecting God's gift of grace. And though our relationship between God's choice and our responsibility to receive salvation remains mysterious from our perspective, Jesus' sacrifice was sufficient for all people and for all to come to Him. We have a huge responsibility. Will you believe in the bread of life and surrender yourself fully to His work? You are saved and you have the salvation experience. Again, I tell you that you are blessed. But there are so much more who haven't experienced that before. We need people to experience the bread of life more than ever before. We don't want any leftovers. We want all to be filled. 
If He can give a person life, I'm positive tonight that He can fill and provide the need that you have in your life. I'm going to ask the music to come back as I close. We can stand. I wonder if I, if I go any further right now, if you just lift up your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, lift up your voice in this house tonight. I believe God's getting ready to provide for somebody. I believe that the provision of God is in this place tonight. Somebody's been seeking the Lord. You've been fasting for it. You've been praying for it. God is going to send manna from heaven. Even right now, by the authority of the Word of God and the power that is in the name Jesus, God, I pray you would provide for somebody, God, that's been asking for a need to be fulfilled in their life. God, I remind them once again that you're still in the provision business, God, that you're still in the healing business, God, that you're still a deliverer, that you still set the captive free, that bondage and chains can still be broken by the power of the name of Jesus. Your power has never been diminished, and it never will. You are God, and you change not. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost that just stepped into this place. Second Kings chapter 4. You might know the story. There was a widow that cried out to Elisha that her husband was dead. And the creditor was coming to take her boys to be slaves. Elisha asked her how he can help. He asked her a question. What do you have in your house? She tells him, I've got nothing left but just a small jar. A small jar of oil. Elisha tells her to go to all the neighborhoods and ask them for the empty jars. Go in the house with your boys and shut the door behind you. Put the oil into the jars and as each one of them fills, I need you to put them aside. And you know what? She did just that. She left the prophet, grabbed her sons, went into the house and she shut the door. And she would begin to pour the oil into those jars. And when all the jars were filled, she said, son, bring, bring me another one. And the son said, no, mom, there's, there's none left. And the oil stopped flowing. She went and told Elisha, and he said to her, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what's left. This method compelled the woman to put her faith into action by obeying the prophet's instructions. And as she poured the oil, jar after jar, she saw God turn small blessings into a flourishing provision. The story became an object lesson of God's care for His people. And it undoubtedly encouraged the Jews when they were exiled to Babylon. I ask you a question tonight. What do you have left? What do you have left? Keep pouring. Keep pouring. You can live on what's left. God will provide for you. God, He wants to bless you. But not just an ordinary blessing. But He wants to bless you with a double portion. A double portion of your glory, Jesus. To fall in this house, God.
Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.